Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Chronically Courageous. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard, and I am like, I've been bursting all day with excitement to have my friend, Virginia Underwood. I refer to her as Ginny, as a lot of her friends, I think, do. Ginny and I have this habit of going out to lunch and we will, most people, you know, a long lunch is about two hours. For us, our short lunches are three hours and I think our record is five. Does that sound right, Jenny? Yes, it does. So I just love this woman. She is the epitome of love and she is so empathetic and she's a truly awakened soul and she's as real as they come. So Ginny and I actually, it's interesting how we met. We were in a business together and it turned out, little did we either of us know, but the leader of it actually turned out to be leading a Ponzi scheme. And she and I went through this traumatic experience together of being sucked into this and putting our hearts and souls into it. And there was definitely some bonding that came out of it. But yeah, Jeannie and I had a bond based on that. But I think our bigger bond was when we reconnected over social media years later and found that we both had some very similar chronic illness things going on. They had different names, different diagnoses, but so much of the underlying both emotional and physical toll was very, very similar. So let me just give you a little bit of background a bit. Ginny, she is uh, a mother and someone who I consider to be a very high achiever. So she not only got her bachelor's degree, but then she went on to get her master's degree in counseling. And she also then went on to the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts and studied mind-body wellness, Reiki, life coaching, and hypnotherapy. And this is one of the reasons I really wanted to have Ginny on too, because Ginny is a wealth of knowledge and Whenever we go out, I pick her brain about what she's doing and what I should be doing and how I can continue to, to heal. And so we just, we just share a lot in common. And most importantly, I just think we're, we're kindred souls and kindred spirits. And oh, Ginny also was a contributor to The Mighty, which is, if you're not familiar, it's an online platform for chronic illness support. And she wrote an amazing article, which I'll provide a link to in the show notes. 
And she's just a very, very gifted writer. When we were working together, she did a lot of writing and has a lot of gifts to share. So I'd like to introduce you to Ginny. Ginny, if we could just get started, can you just talk to me a little bit about what your life was like before chronic illness and how it changed you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. I was so honored and touched that you thought of me. So as far as life before chronic illness, I don't really know that I have not ever not had chronic illness. When I think back to my childhood, I was sick all the time. Always something going on, you know, sinuses or lungs or digestive issues. So by the time I finally went to enough doctors and they started to say, hey, wait a second, there's something else going on here. And it actually took me 10 doctors before I finally had one that said, oh, there's something here. But as far as my life before chronic illness, I you said that I was awake. Well, back then I was asleep. Just kind of thought that I needed to climb the ladder, that I needed to just do and be the best at everything I possibly did. My husband used to get so upset with me because I would work until eight o'clock at night or and he'd have to come in and say, honey, come on. It is eight o'clock. It's time to get up. Okay. So yeah, before chronic illness, I was running, running, running. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think I think so many of us have that same experience and we sort of work ourselves into more illness and Absolutely. put so much pressure, right? Put so much pressure on ourselves and always taking care of everybody else and making sure everybody has everything they need except for us, right? Exactly. Exactly. It has taken me almost 45 years to figure out that I've got to put me first. Amen, sister. That's, I think, why we relate so well to each other. It's we've, we've lived a lot of the same things. And, oh, yeah. you know, even that traumatic event that we went through, I mean, like, let's talk about trauma. I know you've had a series of, like, you know, if, if a person had even one of the major traumas that you've had in your life, it would be huge. But you've had trauma after trauma after trauma. And Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and how you think that's affected your health and your awakening and all of that. You know, I went through some traumatic things as a child. I I was sexually abused. I was raped as a teenager. The same year, my mother died. I, actually, I had three three traumas happen all in the same year. My mother died. My grandmother died two weeks after her. Let's see, we moved to another state. And then the last thing that happened that year is I was fucked off of my horse and she fell on top of me. So it broke both my hips and my pelvis in a couple of different places. Oh, God. In recent, more recent years, we went through obviously the thing with the business we were involved in. And then after that, I started working in a medical marijuana dispensary and I was the director of human resources and I was loving it. I love, I mean, talk about helping people, right? And so long story short, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and happened to be present when a police investigation 
was started not with our company, but one of our caregivers. I was taken from my home early one morning and told I was going to be arrested. They put me in handcuffs, um, put my husband in handcuffs. And so they let me go. But my husband was you know, taken to jail and spent four days there. And I thought once they let me go, that was the end of my part of it. But a week later, I was served papers and was indicted by a grand jury. I did spend the next year fighting those charges. And, you know, I knew right mm. after I was charged that I was going, the case was going to be dismissed. Right. But the stress of going through year of having to go to court and dragging it out, mm-hmm. it takes a toll. It takes yes. a huge toll. And I was, I was so sick. I'm almost five, nine. I think the lowest I got was 110 pounds. Wow. During that time. That yeah. is very thin. So ultimately it did, the charges did get dismissed, right? Yes. The, the of course. Dismissed our case completely. My husband and I were not involved in any of it. And it had to do with a caregiver and what they were mm. doing, which right. we had no control or of course. knowledge of what they were doing. So of course, of course. But you know, but you, unfortunately, what, I mean, what kind of toll did that take on you physically? Obviously, emotionally, it takes its toll, but how did that impact you? Exponentially. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And you know... I mean, if we don't get sleep and at least something in our systems, I would shake constantly. I could never feel like I could relax at all. Mm-hmm. Adrenaline dumps constantly, night sweats. There was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, a, like almost like a PTSD response. To oh, it absolutely. So, and, and just to, as if that weren't enough... I know that a few years ago, you lost your house in the Paradise Fires in California. And you lost not just your home, but you lost everything that was in your home. And essentially, you and your husband were just left driving away with your car and whatever you were able to put in your car. So you've been through some really crazy, traumatic stuff. And yet, you are still sitting here smiling at me and have the most loving heart I know. How, how do you... What's your secret? Well, my secret, I guess, would be that I don't look at myself as a victim. I don't see myself as poor me or why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. I see it as there's something here for me to learn. There's something here for me to to see differently, to find a different perspective about life. I, I totally hear where you're coming from. Let's step back a little bit and tell me about what you're what you've been diagnosed with and kind of what your what symptoms you have, that kind of thing. Well, I've I've only been <laughs> I know it sounds funny. I've only been diagnosed with a few things, but I know there's more going on. So technically I have been diagnosed with myalic encephalitis which is swelling of the brain stem, causes brain fog, major fatigue, to the point where I can't even get out of bed to go to the bath. I know, I you know that feeling. Yes. I do. I do. And I also was diagnosed with something called hemochromatosis, a genetic disorder that 
my body doesn't process iron. Mm. So the only reason I found out about this is I had an IUD, a birth control device in for seven years, didn't have a period during that time. And everything started to compound, started getting pancreatitis and then liver problems. And I eat healthy. I don't drink. There is absolutely no reason for my pancreas not to be working. I have also been told by several doctors that they believe that I have late stage neurological Lyme disease. So I most likely contracted Lyme disease when I was a child. And Mm -hmm. there was a time when I was in seventh grade that I actually missed over a month of school, couldn't get out of bed. And if you knew me back then, I was a farm girl up at the crack of dawn. So for me not to be able to get out of bed at 13 years old was pretty, pretty insane. Right. So like, in other words, it's not, you certainly weren't lazy. That That's not in your makeup. No. Clearly no. from everything about <laughs> you, that is not in your DNA. But when we have Sorry, these I, issues, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it takes over and we can be easily perceived as lazy, but until you walk in our bodies, you can't possibly know. I mean, you know, some people will say, oh, I'm tired too. Oh no, that's, <laughs> that's tired is a completely different thing than what we feel. Like you said, and, and I love the way you described it where you said, no, I can't even get out of bed to go to the bathroom. It's like the only thing that gets you to somehow find your way to the bathroom is the fact that if you don't, you're going to wet your bed. Exactly. I get that. I get that kind of tiredness. I understand. And then, you know, with the Lyme disease, I experience rheumatoid arthritis, travels around my body. I am having, I've been having some thyroid problems. So internal shaking, you can't really see it on the outside, but it feels like my whole body is constantly in motion. Yes. And heart, heart problems, because my heart just doesn't have enough oomph. <laughs> and I know mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, low blood pressure. Yes. I know you've done a ton of inner work and outer work. And you know, I really respect that about you. You've really kind of taken things into your own hands. And if you could just talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned that have helped you to manage both mentally and physically with all of these things that you've got going on. Tell us how you do it, Jenny. Mm. One second at a time. <laughs> yes, right? One, one of the biggest things that chronic illness has taught me is to slow down, mm. to take each moment as it comes. First of all, because we don't know if we're going to get another one. And secondly, you don't know what you're missing if you're going so fast. So true. I mean, just walking outside, I listen for the birds and I look for the butterflies and I try to always look for, I guess, the silver lining in every situation. You kind of have to, right? Yes. Yeah. So get you by. So... That brings me to a conversation you and I actually talked a little while ago about everything going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think you and I have a, a little bit of a different perspective on it. And I, if you could just kind of share with me what we talked about earlier and you know, just share with the listeners, because I found it so interesting and insightful and also very relatable. 
I think most people are going to be a little shocked when I say this, but I was kind of excited when I heard that everything was going to be locked down. I know that sounds crazy, but as you and I both know, and most of your listeners with chronic illness can attest to, when you get so sick that you can't move, all you've got is you. And so if you don't face yourself, you're missing out, first of all. So I think that this time is an opportunity for everybody who is running, running, running to slow down and kind of reassess, reevaluate what's important to them, what their priorities are, and to go within and maybe start to look at, not even heal, but just look at the things that we shove no, because they're all still there. Right. If you shove them down, it doesn't mean they're going to go anywhere. They just, they're still there. They're stuck there. So, so true. Until you, until you deal with them. So I think this is a, a wonderful opportunity for people to, to start to accept themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just, you talked about stuffing things down. And it's funny because Yesterday, I had a series of of tests for three hours, medical tests that were, to say they were unpleasant would be a, a really big understatement. And my the name of the show is The Chronically Courageous. And I think sometimes when people think of courage, they think about you're always just up for it. You're, you know, you don't, you don't cry. You don't feel your feelings. And you know what? I've learned it's the complete opposite of that. So I gave myself permission when I came home yesterday to just look into the eyes of my fiance and say, I am really sad and I'm in pain and I need to cry. And he said, go for it. And I did. And I just let it rip. (laughs) I let it rip. And I allowed myself to feel that sadness and kind of wallow in it. But I think the biggest thing is, is just having... I think one thing that we learn is resilience. And I, I wallowed in it for a little bit and I let the emotions move through me and I got to the other side of it pretty darn quickly. I, by that afternoon and evening, I spent a little time in nature. I talked to some people and I did a couple of things that just watched some videos and podcasts and things that put me in a positive headspace. And I was fine again by the end of the day. But in the past, I would have let that stagnate and sit there and... It just, it, it's so unhealthy and it just makes it worse and it, it doesn't move out of your body. So being courageous is many times letting your feelings out and just being real and don't try to be perfect and that kind of thing. And that's, that's I think, something we've, we've certainly learned. Absolutely. So Jenny, what advice would you give to people that are going through this chronic illness thing that we are also going through? I've learned so many things. I learned many years ago. I don't know if you've heard of Byron Katie. I have. Okay. So I was very fortunate and was able to attend one of her schools for the work about... Wow. That's awesome. 12 years ago now. Amazing. And I have used this technique to this day. And it, really, it's questioning our thoughts because when we're chronically ill, and especially when we don't have diagnoses and we don't know what's going on, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole of, I suck, life sucks, I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? I do. And so 
this technique, it's four questions. You have a thought, right? We all have thoughts and we tend to believe the thoughts. That's the truth, right? But no, it's not the truth. It's a thought. So if we can question our thoughts, is it true? Is this thought true? And so maybe you feel like it is. Yeah, it's true. But can you absolutely know that it's true? Like when you go deep inside, can you know Mm -hmm. that it's true? Generally, no, we can't, right? right? So then the next question is, what happens? How do I feel? What comes up? Where does my mind go when I think this thought? So you look at all of the feelings that are attached to this thought. Like, does it make you angry, sad, you know, all of these different emotions? And then you look at maybe the first time you thought that thought or mm-hmm. were in a similar situation where you felt kind of the same way. Get a bigger picture of this thought and where it's come from. Spend a little bit of time there. And then once you do that, then you say, okay, well, what would my life be like if I didn't have that thought? Like if it just disappeared, it was just gone. What would my life be like? Mm-hmm. And you start to see that, oh, wait, I wouldn't be as sad. I wouldn't be as closed off. And then the last question is turn it around. And so you say the opposite of the thought. For example, you know, this is, I think a lot of people, feel kind of overweight or unattractive because they've got a few extra pounds. So the thought is, I'm fat. So you would turn that or the opposite. I'm not fat. And then you look for examples of how that is true. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you can always find somebody bigger. That's very true. Of course. Yes. So it starts to, it's not like you're just saying, oh, no, I'm not going to think that thought anymore because that doesn't work. It keeps coming up. But when we go through the steps and we really look at it, it kind of just dissolves on its own. Right. There's not a whole lot more that you have to do once you go through that process. So let's let's take a minute here if we could, and maybe you could kind of guide us through that with reference to chronic illness. So let's say that I come to you and I say, I feel... I feel like a burden. Okay. I feel like a burden or I am a burden, which we feel that way, but that's what we're saying, right? I am a burden. Okay. Right. So Bonnie, is that true? Are you a burden? I know I'm not truly a burden because I know I bring a lot of love and value to other people's lives. Right. So the next question then is, so what feelings, what thoughts come up when you think I am a burden? I feel sad. I feel useless. I feel like I'm going to be abandoned by people because I don't serve any purpose. And how do you relate to other people? So like if your fiance were to come in while you were feeling worthless, would you be open to him? Would you be close? Like how would that interaction look when you feel worthless? Well, this is something that has come up a number of times because as I go through certain things, I every time along the way, I've thought this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and sends him away. <laughs> and he amazes me every time by staying and loving me even more, which is amazing. But there have been times earlier in our relationship where 
I would try to push him away because I didn't want to have the responsibility of feeling that I was being a burden to him. And I didn't want to impact his life in a way that was anything less than adding value to his life. But you don't know how you add value. If we go back to you were you pushed him away, right? Yes. So that's one of the things when you feel worthless, you're pushing people away. The behaviors that you have are not conducive to feeling worthwhile, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we might go even further with that. Like when you first felt worthless, like the first time that you had that thought in your life and explore that. But then, so then we, we would go to the third question, which is what would your life be like if you didn't have that thought? If you didn't think I am a burden my life would be a lot more satisfying, a lot more peaceful, and a lot happier. And how would you interact with your fiance if you didn't feel you were a burden? I would feel very open to him at all times. And I would feel very comfortable and safe in anything that I shared with him because I wouldn't feel as though whatever I was sharing was a burden. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so the final, final piece of that is the turnaround. So the original thought is I am a burden. So the opposite would be I am not a burden. So right. give me three examples of how you are not a burden to your, Ooh. in your life. I love this. I am not a burden to David, my fiance, because I bring a lot of love into his life. I also add happiness and laughter and fun to his life. I think I assure him all the time of how much he is worthy of my love and worthy of so much love. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. My pleasure. Oh, let's see. So after everything you've been through, what do you feel is the purpose of it all? And what do you feel is your purpose going forward in life? Great question. My purpose is to help others. My purpose is to, to I guess, be a light for other people who are in darkness. I was thinking about this the other day. All of my life, I felt like the underdog. I felt unseen, unheard, you know, going through all the doctors and them telling me that it's all in my head. It was always, it's, it's hard. It's extremely hard. And it's excruciating. Yes. And I've talked to other people and they've said to me, you know, nobody helped me through this. So I'm not going to help anybody else. And I see it as the opposite because I've gone through this and I've made it to the other side, so to speak. If I can help just one person feel better about themselves and feel like they matter, that they're important, then I have lived my purpose. So beautiful. So right now you're making me cry a little bit. I just want to tell you that you have done that because you've done that for me and you do it for me all the time. So thank you. I love you so much. I love you too, Bonnie. <laughs> you're awesome. Let's see. I'm going to do something called the rapid fire. This is kind of where we fill in the blank and use 
one word to one sentence to answer these questions. And I just, just say what's on your heart. Okay. So chronic illness has made me more brave. Yep. The one thing I wish healthy people would understand about chronic illness is that most of it you cannot see. So true. I wish other people without chronic illness would appreciate what they have. Yeah. We, we appreciate what we have, don't we? Absolutely. If I could eliminate just one of my symptoms, it would be? Probably the brain swelling. Right. And the last of these questions is the most valuable lesson I've learned through this journey has been? To love myself. Yay. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. So what I want to talk about one more thing, and I'm thinking next time I definitely need to keep some tissues handy. So you have a website called Eighth Chakra. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you are putting out there to the world with your Eighth Chakra website. Well, I have been gifted with some, I guess you would say, psychic abilities. I have clear buoyance, which means that I see things, and also clairsentience, which means that I know things that are going to happen. I can also sometimes connect to people who've crossed over. My mother, for example, has been gone for 29 years, and there's not a day that goes by where I don't talk to her, and she actually communicates back to me. That's incredible. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, there's a great story with that, with the court stuff that we were going through. Mm-hmm. It actually, my mother died on April 25th and my case was dismissed on April 25th. And my oh, mother wow. came to me beforehand and told me that she was giving me a gift, that this was going to help transform this day to not one of sadness, but one of liberation. Oh, that is amazing. I love that story. I love it. I I just want to interject for a minute. So at one of Ginny and I's famous lunches, we were talking and I said, you know, I really feel like I'm being called to do something to support the chronic illness community. And I don't know if it's a book or a podcast or both. And I, I know she has this clairvoyance and just, extreme insight. And I wanted to hear her honest opinion. And she looked at me in my eyes and I could, you know, I have like goosebumps just thinking about it. And she's like, Bonnie, you need to do this. She's like, this is what you're meant to do. And uh, she's getting goosebumps too, if you could see her right now. And I I did. And I, I feel like, you know, I owe you a thank you for giving me that kind of green light to go forward with what I'm doing right now because it really has given me a tremendous sense of purpose again. Like That's I said, beautiful. you're you're impacting, you're making that impact that you want to make. Thank you for yes. sharing that, Bonnie. Oh, of course. And I know you have the ability to impact so many more people. And you know, and I really hope that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna expand your your impact. And yeah. So it, so getting back to your website, the eighth chakra. Yes. So what services and things do you offer through that? I am doing some tarot card readings. 
Mm-hmm. And I also have been studying astrology, sounds like a long time, four years, but really it's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Um, but I do offer some chart readings, just some basic natal charts. I can do a moon chart, which kind of charts the course of the moon and how it will affect your emotions through the month. So those are the basic things that I offer. Eighth chakra is actually... Most people know of the seven chakras, right? That are in the body. Right. That, yeah. You just... I was just going to ask you that. (laughs) Tell us what the eighth chakra is. The eighth chakra is about a foot above your head. And it is your divine connection. It is your connection to your higher self to bring in that divine wisdom that we are all capable of Mm. experiencing and receiving for ourselves. Right. So my ultimate goal is not to give people readings, but to help people to open up to their own gifts. Well, you've done that with me. So thank you. And I would highly recommend if you want to get a hold of Jenny. Jenny, how can we get a hold of you? Because you do have so many gifts to share. And, you know, if you could point us in the direction of any social media or your website. Probably the best place to connect is on my Facebook page, Eighth Chakra. I do have a website, but it's still a work in progress. So I'm going at a snail's pace, as, as you know. Things have had to slow down and you kind of have to... Yes. So yeah, eighth chakra on my Facebook page is probably best. Great. I'll include that in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they'd like to hear more. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? Other than how honored and grateful and how wonderful I think you are and how excited I am for you to be on this journey with your podcast. I, I can't even express how excited and happy I am for you. Ah, so sweet. I know that you have already touched a lot of people and I can, oh, I can just imagine how many more you're going to touch with your podcast and your book. Yes. Okay. So she's giving me the nod that I should go forward <laughs> the book too. I have to pace myself too. This podcast oh, yeah. has been... Uh... It's take it's taken a lot out of me, but it's also given me a lot back. So well well worth the balance. All right, Jenny. I love you and yeah, thank yeah. you so so much for, for being with me today and just for being in my life. Likewise, my sister. Thank you. I love you dearly. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of the Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.